Hello, everybody. This is Value Line Observer with the Value Guys, and we're here to review the March 17, 2006 edition of Value Line. And uh, I'm Val Hughes. And I'm and here I'm with Burn Value. And we are here to uh, review Value Line as we do every week. We are, as we've talked about, Wall Street analysts who on the weekends. Uh, like to read Value Line, and uh, and so we do these shows as entertainment, um, and uh, you should not rely on anything uh, we say. We are uh, usually very wrong, although uh, sometimes uh, very right, but it's it's random. So uh, we're going to go through. Now this week's a tough week um, because we're uh, uh, Wall Street analysts, of course. Uh, I, I happen to be in uh, Asia right now, so uh, we are trying to use technology to stay uh, up to date with our listeners and doing this almost uh, just a few hours after this value line has come out. Uh, and so uh, uh, we are uh, uh, going to be a little less uh, quality than we sometimes are, but uh, we want to get uh, with you uh, as quickly as we can. Uh, value line... Our quality's fine. Okay, great. Well, let's let's do the best we can. Now, this week, uh, Value Line has chosen to do some industries that, frankly, I believe are you know, very boring. A lot of petroleum. They've moved Canadian energy. I mean, uh, chemicals. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna, you know, it's gonna be a different type of week. There's a lot of, uh, you know, there's 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 some opportunities. We're gonna try to uncover them. And uh, we're going to have, uh, you know, Vern's going to go first this week. He's got some very proprietary views on a couple of these things. Uh, but just, I'm going to tell you, I'm going to talk about uh, the gas distribution industry. I think there's some uh, a good value there from the point of view of uh, stable cash flows and good returns over time at low risk. There's a couple we'll talk about. There's a couple specialty chemical companies that I've covered and known for a long time that have good returns and uh, are worth buying down here. Avery Dennison is one, and Sigma Aldrich is another. And we may have another surprise or two. And uh, with that, let me turn it over to uh, Vern Value. Thanks, Val. Um, the, uh, I'm, I'm going to steal maybe a little bit of your thunder as we get started here because uh, the first, uh, first stock I want to talk about is a, uh, I, I guess it's a gas distributor. I'm not, I'm, honestly, I'm not sure exactly what this is. It's called TEPCO Partners, the symbol TPP. Um, two and a half billion market cap. Uh, Value line says it's a publicly traded master limited partnership. Um, the description goes on to uh, explain that basically they're a diversified energy marketer and apparently a pipeline operator and, and multiple pipelines, but uh, they're based in Texas. Um, and this is uh, this name jumps out to me because. Uh, as uh, you might imagine, uh, the value, as we've uh, talked about in the past, the value guys always like to take a look at those fours and fives in value line because um, sometimes the uh, the least timely in value lines model, um, you know, looks pretty uh, looks pretty interesting to us. And this is one of these situations. Um, value line explicitly says they don't think it's a timely stock. Matter of fact, they just lowered the rating to a five. Uh, it says on. March 3rd, uh, although this is being published a couple weeks later, so I'm not sure how that works out. But stock's 36 bucks, um, trade as high as $45 last year, about a market multiple, but uh, it's yielding 7.8%. Um, the price is about eight times cash flow. 
uh, and the uh, distribution declared per unit, which is, uh, uh, I gather, the equivalent of a dividend from this entity, um, has gone up every single year. You know, one of the great things about Value Line is the long history. I see they pay no taxes. Every year since 1992. Um, the yield, uh, over that period of time, the yield has ranged from uh, 6.3 to 8.7%. So the yield right now is above average, which is another way of saying the stock price is a little below average. Uh, but Value Line says the growth outlook, um, uh, or says the company has a growth outlook, and uh, one of those reasons is they've got some kind of capital spending program going on. Um, so, and, and then so if you look at the long-term forecasts that Value Line is using, there's an implied uh, um, growth rate for this uh, dividend, and it looks like it's going to accelerate to something like 8% from more like 4% over the last few years. So, I mean, what's not to like about an almost 8% yielding security where uh, the, that, you know, that yield's growing 5% plus, say, annually, and where it also looks like maybe I had a chance for some capital appreciation in some kind of uh, reasonable, interesting kind of way. I, anyway, looks very interesting to me. Um, I don't see any reason why, uh, uh, why you wouldn't want to jump on that kind of yield. Uh, now, I sort of uh, agree with Val. This is uh, this week's sort of challenging in terms of uh, uh, finding something. Well, there doesn't seem to be much um, capital appreciation opportunity uh, this week. It's um, going to have a lot of its value driven by oil prices. But um, uh, we, there is a name here that we think is a very interesting name um, that's a play on coal. Um, although it's not interesting the way Value Line has this industry structured, they've got um, they have uh, accounted seven different coal miners in the industry and one company that makes coal mining machinery, uh, Joy Global. The symbol's J O G, six and a half billion market cap. Now Value Line rates us a one, um, and we'd go along. We'd uh, we'd agree with that. Um, they call them uh, the uh, a worldwide, I guess, manufacturer and marketer of mining machinery and equipment. I tell you, people, that this hardly does them justice because uh, they're the they're the world leader in the big machinery that's used to mine coal and metals, uh, both in uh, big open pit mines and uh, underground. And uh, one of the things that's really attractive about the business model at this company is that uh, more than half their sales are generated by uh, you know maintaining all these machines. Part of replacement parts and service and the like. Um, uh, according to Value Line, operating margins uh, north of 15% and rising, return on capital in a 30% range. There's no debt. Um, so, you know, I, I, honestly, normally I'd say avoid a stock with a 24 PE, but uh, this is a long cycle business, and uh, you're going you're to miss opportunities in, uh, in capital goods if you. Uh, uh, if uh, you let yourself be dissuaded by a multiple of the current year's earnings. So there's some uh, three points here that uh, I, you know, I, I think support the idea that this makes sense, even though the stock's made a huge move. Um, the, these stocks trade more on orders than they do on earnings, and we are very early in, uh, um, in a very, should be a very unusually long cycle for coal, which is a great, um, uh, terrific investment theme. Uh, point two, then, is, you know, why is coal such a great theme? Um, China, you know, we're back to this. Uh, you know, a few weeks ago, we talked about some other miners that uh, they're going to benefit people like BHP from all the growth in China and the fact that China can't satisfy their own needs. 
Uh, they are uh, China's the world's largest producer of coal, most of it underground, and their uh, their um, their electric power capacity is growing something like seven percent a year, uh, and they can't supply their own needs. They're importing coal from uh, particularly Australia, driving a lot of investment there. Uh, and they are themselves also in the process of modernizing their own industry um, in, in yeah. part I, because they, uh, you know, there's a horrendous death toll in the uh, Chinese coal mining industry. But um, um, in any event, then, uh, in the U.S., that, uh, there's also a uh, shortage of coal after uh, you know a couple decades of an overhang of uh, too much coal capacity in the marketplace. It's finally been absorbed. Uh, well, it was uh, oil companies reacting to. Uh, oil I just want to point out, Vern, that uh, our listeners, I want to just point out, Vern knows a lot about coal, well, and I just uh, want to say that. Um, I don't mean inventory to levels are really you know, brag about it, but uh, yeah, yeah. We've done a lot of work on this investment theme. Now, here's... Well, here's <laughs> now here's why here's why this is such a great stock ID, even though it's 24 times earnings. Market cap of Joy Global is six and a half billion dollars. I added up the market cap of the seven coal miners that value line profiled this week, and they don't even have foundation coal. So there's at least one more that they don't cover. Yeah. Um, and the the combined market cap of those stocks is 34 billion dollars. So, um, ladies and gentlemen, if you take 10 percent off of that. That amounts to half of joint market know. cap. Now, why why do holders of coal miners trade out of coal miners into the joy global? Well, the reason would be that uh, when you're the miner, you uh, you're uh, leveraged directly <coughs> to the price of the commodity. Uh, but the machinery guy, when prices are elevated and demand is hot, and you uh, are in front of a cycle that might be the best cycle for investment in this industry that you've seen in two or three decades. Um, your business is really not going to be affected by small changes yeah. in the price of the commodity. So at some at some point, um, you know, there's going to be new capacity start to come on stream, and coal prices will start to come down, and uh, you'll see money come out of the okay, coal miners. Great. Some of it ought to go back into <clears throat> names like Joy Global, where you okay. can uh, keep your exposure to the sector. All right, so a, a five that we like and a one that we like. And I've got one more stock that I want to talk about. Uh, I'm they have that little there, Dutch realize, boy, But this right? one's a specialty chemical company, Sherwin Williams. Uh, Is it? Ticker's SHW, six billion uh, market I don't company. Know. No, no, Is it that Sherwin Maybe Williams. Maybe that's a Dutch boy. I'm sorry. Anyway, it, go on. Pardon me. Well, I, you know, Sherwin doesn't sound like a Dutch name to me. Um, but this is um, this is an interesting looking stock. It's it's a forty four dollar stock. Um, it was $54 earlier this year, traded as high as $49 last year, eight times cash flow at 12 PE, basically uh, a one-third discount off a market PE, um, decent yield, 2.4%. Sherwin-Williams, they make paint. Yeah. Guess what? There once was a time when we're against it. We're against the lead. had lead in it, and that's bad and can uh, hurt people, and uh, we certainly don't like that. Um, but uh, what's hurt this stock is uh, uh, another example of uh, our incredibly irrational, yeah. at times anyway, legal system or tort system. Uh, there was a recent case, I, I, I don't know if you read about this, Val, where, where uh, a court somewhere out east found that uh, uh, certain paint companies were liable for some health issues suffered by some people uh, simply because they make paint and because that they think it was paint that unbelievable. hurt people. Not that they well, could I mean, the court system, that, uh, it's uh, paint companies it's ever messed even, up. Uh, sold paint 
at the time in that Lottery location. system for uh, inconvenient uh, citizens, you, basically. You know, nothing to tie them directly to it. Oh, I, you know, maybe you have to worry about some risk associated with this name, but I'm looking at a 20% return on capital and double-digit operating margins and a low, uh, low financial leverage, and it looks like they're buying back stock. And, yeah. Uh, it looks like an interesting name. I'd probably want to do a little more homework, but... Um, um, I get it. Like the, okay, well, like uh, we want to take a little break right now, so if you have a beverage like Vern and I do, take a moment to enjoy it. Yeah, take a break, everyone. I'm not even done. I'm just paging through the value line right now. I have a few thoughts, but uh, I'm trying to find something here that looks too expensive to... You know, we like to have a stock that people should sell every week, and... Well, I'm indoors, and uh, it's uh, the middle of the night uh, tomorrow. What's so, the weather uh, like out there? You know, the figure it out. What can I tell you? I don't know what it's doing outside. But let me take a peek out. Uh, it's cloudy. How about that? Listen, if I say too much, my secret identity will be uh, compromised. So, uh, well, you uh, know yeah. what the weather yeah. was yeah. like earlier today. Right. Yeah, Good nor group. could I spell it properly. So let's just uh, let's just. Anyway, this week I'm ah, going to look at right, just a right, couple right. of well, names. We're, Asia, uh, we're, the we were a little bit challenged this week by a list that looked largely void of opportunities for capital appreciation. Although there's some very stable industries here, uh, notably energy, obviously. But uh, you know that's a commodity, and oftentimes I think it's difficult to make money in a commodity uh, other than to bet on the commodity itself. So uh, you could go buy a barrel of oil in the futures market. Uh, but I do, I do tend to like the um, distribution industry simply because uh, business is more dependent on population since there's some definite stability in uh, use per uh, capita of natural gas. And so because of that approach, I like areas that are uh, growing a little bit in in population. Uh, you know, these aren't heroic names in terms of capital appreciation, but uh, if you want to put a little money away for a little bit of a yield uh, and uh, some population growth plus some uh, uh, capital appreciation over time, I think we've got a couple of names. The first one I draw your attention to is Atmos Energy. Now, I'm going to preface this by saying I don't know anything about this other than what's in value line. And, and I'm using Value Line exclusively to uh, uh, research these names right now. Uh, but uh, this is rated three by Value Line. It's uh, ticker ATO on the New York Stock Exchange. Chain, uh, trades at 14 times earnings, a 25% discount to the S&P. It's got a 4.9% yield, which is nice. And if you look at a stock chart, uh, this thing has been very, very stable. It trades in a pretty narrow band over time. Obviously, it's regulated on returns, so returns on capital and such are low here. And, uh, uh, you know, I don't tend to care for that. Although, if it's regulated low, you have a level of stability here that... Uh, uh, you know, you don't see with normal, normally with low uh, return on capital names. Oftentimes, it's a sign of impending financial uh, problems. But, but here, uh, you know, this is going to grow very stably. It's trading at about uh, 
just over uh, six times cash flow. The dividend is very nicely covered. And the population that they serve, this is a company that serves uh, Louisiana, so they've had a disruption that got in the stock. That'll reverse, obviously, so there's a little bit of wind at your back. Uh, West Texas, Mississippi, Colorado, uh, Kentucky, these are all southern and western locations that over time are gaining share of population. And uh, the balance sheet is uh, in this industry is a little bit hindered simply because you have uh, regulated rates. This has a 57% debt to capital, which is a little high. But again, that helps their ROE and uh, is perfectly appropriate for regulated industry. So we'd look at ATO. Well, uh, I think they had an acquisition. What do you make of this uh, revenue per share here. number? It's basically doubled in uh, like that's three a very years. Good point, Vern. And it doubled like Thanks in for, uh, 2003. Bringing that up in front of my audience here. Let's see. Well, I wonder what happened here. Hold on. Let's try to see here. Well, it just seems to me that on a price-to-sales basis, uh, this thing's a lot cheaper This is basically a roll-up over time. In 97, they did a deal. In 87, 93. I think it's got to be a big deal that they did. And if you look over on the left of value line, they try to give you a little right. history there really of the company. This goes back to 1906. And they've been uh, buying companies ever since. Well, well it's looks very like modest. It doesn't. Yeah, it looks like they issued some stock in late 2004. Debt. If you look at the, uh, if you look at the growth in the share counts, so maybe there total was capital. Uh, yeah, that's maybe exactly a deal there, was. partially equity. Total capital finance. doubled over the period, and uh, revenues came in. So that's that's undoubtedly a deal. That's the pattern of this company. Value Line could do a little better job uh, with some dialogue here on exactly what happened. Maybe now we're just missing it here. Uh, but uh, that's undoubtedly what it is. But I think if you own this, you've got a stable company. You've got room for a little bit of uh, capital appreciation. It is selling at a large discount, and you get about a 5% uh, yield. Uh, the, the other one I'd look at here, again, very similar in theme, would be... Uh, Southwest Gas, that's on page 472 in this week's value. Yeah, I like line. it. They've got it rated a four. Uh, this one's about four times cash flow. Uh, it's got, uh, again, low returns because it's a regulated business. It yields just 3%, and it's a little bit of a premium. So, uh, actually, I prefer uh, the uh, Atmos. But uh, the, the region this serves is going to be benefiting from population growth. Arizona, Nevada, California. So uh, while their yield's a little lower, I suspect the population growth element of this one's a little higher. And, uh, you know, regulation in those areas probably a little more beneficial. Uh, and, uh, you know, that's another one to look at in this area. Uh, next, I'm kind of looking through here, and I'm trying to find some to own. Uh, there's a lot of, uh, uh, you know, commodity element to the specialty chemical industry, but there's a couple names in here that caught my eye, just pass along. I'm not an expert on this group by any means, but uh, I'm looking for things that sell at reasonable prices and are good businesses. And I've got uh, on page uh, 479, Avery Dennison. 
uh, ticker AVY on the New York. This company is a specialty chemical manufacturer. They're a worldwide manufacturer of self-adhesive base materials, labels, tapes, office products, specialty adhesives. Uh, the nice thing about specialty chemical companies is that they're a small piece of a bigger process, and so they generally have pretty good price flexibility and earn a decent margin. So, um, and, uh, and that's the case with this company. They've had a long history of you know, upper to mid uh, returns on total capital. Uh, debt is just 32% of total capital. And the company right now uh, trades at just 10 times uh, cash flow per share. Uh, revenues over time here, very stable. It's hard to find a down year on, on revenue. Of course, the recession years, you get a little dip, as you might imagine, but uh, very modest. Uh, the company over history has always traded at least once a year at a nice premium to the market. Right now, it's trading at a slight discount to the market. Uh, and, uh, you know, this is one that I think uh, continues to gain share. It's rated a three. Um, I think you can own this and feel pretty comfortable about it. And then finally, you know, some people have, uh, I've heard people talk about Avery Dennison as sort of a uh, miniature piece of uh, 3M. It well, and, and you can get it at a discount that very well may be because not as many people know about it. One of the things we like. And as they find out about it, it's like uh, getting a little bit of a, a multiple expansion for free by just waiting around. So uh, that's attractive. Uh, let's see. Finally, uh, same story a little bit as Avery. Sigma Aldrich, ticker S-I-A-L page 502 in this week's value line. This right trades at a 10%. Well, I'm trying to be value added. Uh, my name is Val, after all. Uh, yeah, uh, let's see. These, these guys, again, specialty chemical company, uh, they develop, manufacture, and distribute. Company. And distribute is nice because you get a little bump there in terms of revenue per customer. But distribute I'll a wide range of biochemicals, on. organic chemicals, chromatography products, diagnostic reagents. Uh, and, you know, these are all things that are standing in the path of technology, improving productivity uh, for, uh, for business. And uh, that explains why over the last 20 years they've had a mid to upper teens return on capital. They've got debt of just 19% of total capital. Probably Avery Dennison and Sigma Aldrich people just get together and chuckle about their success because they, they really both are doing something very right for long periods of time. This is a, a little bit of a premium to what I like to pay on a cash flow multiple. It's about 11 times cash flow, uh, but, uh, you know, better balance sheet, strong returns, very consistent results, and uh, I think this one is one you can uh, put away and uh, enjoy for, for some time. Um, finally, I do like to find things that are uh, expensive. And uh, this week, uh, you know, I don't know a lot uh, about this, but uh, what have we got in here? Just paging. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just page through here. It's like a candy store uh, for a short. But I'm just looking, and again, I know nothing about this, but uh, this Wind River ticker wind, which that's very clever. Uh, they're trading at 36 times earnings. <laughs> well, that's what I'm thinking. So, uh, you know, 
that that's not a fundamental repeatable uh, process. So uh, I think you got to take take that and run with it. Once they get bought out, the ticker symbol's no good anyway. Cash flow per share that's, that's sixty like cents. Five on the multiple uh, stock fifteen. So uh, you know that's so you know what twenty five times cash flow. Uh, uh, let's see. They've got uh, a decent balance sheet. Book value's four bucks, so that's not too bad. Uh, but they develop, support, advanced software operating systems, VXWorks platform that allow customers to create complex real-life software applications like for embedded computers. I don't know. They're growing a little bit here. It just looks like a pretty high multiple of cash flow. Value lines predicting 9% growth in book value over the next five to eight years, 10% revenue growth, and not meaningful growth in earnings, dividends, or cash flow at uh, you know that multiple of cash flow. I think you got to pass on this one. And that's all I have this week, Vern. Yeah, so... It's... Uh, well, I hope so. And uh, this has been uh, this week's edition of the Value Line well, Observer the with the Value Guys the on Values. Um, well, well, I think I think you did a pretty good job with uh, not a lot to work with. Uh, let's hope our listeners uh, got some value out of it. Thanks for calling in from uh, Asia, Val, and I'm Vern Value, and uh, we'll uh, we'll catch up with you all next week.